0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Romans, chapter 11. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: God does not give up on His people. Somebody say amen. God does not give up on his people and we know that Paul asked that question last week has God cast off the Jew And then the final answer look at verse 1 has God cast off his people final answer what Saints certainly not in the Greek language that's no way Jose <laughs> perish the thought God forbid Paul said the reason I know that God has not cast off the Jew because I am a Jew look at me Paul says Paul says, I'm proof that God has not cast off the Jew. Paul says, I'm proof that there is a remnant of Jews. There's a remnant. If you missed any of those teachings last week, you weren't here, you should pick it up in the bookstore today. I think it's very important. This morning, we pick up our study. Chapter 11, verse 1, the title of my sermon, God, the Jew, and you. Part two. Isn't that clever? I worked hard on that one. God, the Jew, and you, part two. What we'll do is we'll read verses 1 through 10, then we'll come back and have some comments this morning. Romans 11, beginning in verse 1. If you're looking at it, say amen. amen. I say then, has God cast away his people? What does it say, saints? Certainly not! Exclamation point. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not cast away his people. Saints, listen, in the Greek language that reads, God has not cast away his people. It couldn't be more clear. Why? Because he foreknew his people. Or do you not know in verse 2 what the scripture says of Elijah, how he pleads with God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars, and I alone am left, and they seek my life. But what does the divine response or what is the answer of God say to him? I have reserved for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. Even so then, at this present time, there is a remnant, According to the election of grace. And if verse six by grace, then it is no longer of works. Otherwise, it just makes sense. Grace is no longer grace, but if it is of works, it is no longer grace. Otherwise, work is no longer work. What then? Israel has not obtained what it seeks, but the elect have obtained it and the rest were blinded. Just as it is written in Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 4, God has given them a spirit of stupor. Eyes that they should not see and ears that they should not hear to this very day. And David says in Psalm 69, verse 22 and 23, let their table become a snare and a trap. It doesn't that sound like a bad restaurant. <laughs> Where are you going to eat? Oh, over at the snare and a trap. <laughs> it's like. Mm. Okay, well, see you later. Let their table become a snare and a trap. A stumbling block and a recompense to them. And let their eyes be darkened so that they do not see. And bow down their backs always. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Last week we talked about, were you with us? The preservation of the nation of Israel. The preservation Of the nation of Israel. Now listen close. If you want to know that Israel is real, all you have to do is look at their amazing, should I say, astounding history. That's what you want to get that CD from last week. We talked about this in depth. I can't address it this morning. No group has been so blessed nationally, so blinded spiritually, and so persecuted intensely as the Jews. And although some have turned their backs on God, God has not cast away his people. God didn't reject them because they were his special people. And God's choosing of Israel, you've got to understand, was based on God's foreknowledge. Foreknowledge, are you with me? And rejection are incompatible. Foreknowledge and rejection are incompatible, and because God foreknew his people, that's why they aren't cast off, because God foreknew. So Paul's still answering the question, is God through with the Jew? Paul says, no, verse 1. Then he says, look at moi, look at my life. I am a Jew. And God has not cast me off. Then Paul says, are you listening? Not only look at my life, that I am a Jew and God has not cast me off. But take Elijah, for example, in verse two. Now, we all know the story of Elijah is found in first Kings chapter 19. Elijah was a spirit filled prophet. And Elijah, are you listening? Found out real quick that God wasn't through with the Jew. Because Elijah had thought That Israel was done. Don't you remember the story? He's on Mount Carmel. We go there when we go to Israel, by the way. You should go with us. There's a big old statue with Elijah and a sword right there on Mount Carmel. It's the coolest place to be. We also stop for these falafels. (laughs) They got a little falafel stand. On the way up to the mountain, you got to eat. Especially before you go up there. I mean, there's nothing to eat up there. So Mount Carmel... There's this battle going on. First Kings 19. There's this battle going on. And it's like 450 evil prophets to one Elijah. Elijah says to these prophets of Baal, Elijah says, you know, there's no room for two gods up on this mountain. Elijah says, you call on your God and I'm going to call on my God. And whichever one shows up, that will be God. Fair enough. Fair enough. Elijah said, I'll meet you at Mount Carmel. And you better be there. That's what I get from the text. Well, the next day, you know the story. They're all gathered together. They call on their God. And these false gods, you ought to read it. It's good. They're they're jumping up and down and they're calling on their God and they're yelling and they're screaming and they're even cutting themselves trying to get their false God to show up. And Elijah begins to mock them. And Elijah says, well, maybe your God is busy. In the King James, it says. Elijah's standing there mocking them. He goes, ha, 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 maybe your God is, in the King James, it says, pursuing. And pursuing, in the Hebrew language, means your God is using the bathroom. <laughs> in not that great? So Elijah's standing there, ha, 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 well, why well, your God hasn't showed up. Maybe he's on the potty. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, your God hasn't shown up, and he's mocking them, and they're crying out to God. And Elijah's laughing. Boy, what, not, what I wouldn't give to have a video clip of that. And Elijah says, step aside, fellow. step aside. And in a 12-second prayer, Elijah called on the true God, and God showed up and consumed the offering. And Elijah killed 450 prophets that day, and somebody wasn't happy. Well, right after that, this great and awesome victory, we know that Elijah's hiding in a cave, and he's running from some Jezebel. Well, that's not her title, that's her name. He's running from Jezebel. And she's upset because Elijah killed a bunch of her evil friends. And so Elijah's hiding in defeat and despair and running from some chick. <laughs> and he begins, I had a good time writing this, as you can <laughs> tell. And he's, he's in despair in this cave. And he begins to talk to God. And he says, God, he says, I'm the only one left of Israel, and I'm the only one standing for you, and nobody likes you, and nobody likes me. God says, call one 800 <laughs> <laughs> Wah, wah, wah. He's just whining before God. And God said at that time, don't you know the story? God said, Elijah, I have a remnant, because I always have a remnant. God said, I have 7,000 people who have not bowed their knee to Baal. God has a remnant that is of great saints. Listen, here's Paul's point in our text. The Jewish nation never followed God 100%. And they don't follow God even now. They reject the Messiah even today. But just like, listen... Just like God preserved a remnant of 7,000 in Elijah's day, verse 5 in your text, at this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. You get the point? Say amen. amen. God's always had a remnant. I mean, think about that. The gospel was first preached in a Jewish city, Jerusalem, by a Jewish preacher among Jewish people in a Jewish temple about a Jewish messiah. The first church, listen, was largely Jewish at its roots. And Paul is saying right now, I'm writing this epistle and there are many Jewish believers in this Roman church. Paul's saying, listen, God's not through with the Jew. I know it because look at me. God has a remnant in me. Y'all listening? God has a remnant in me. Look at Elijah because God told Elijah, I've got a remnant of 7,000 people that you don't know anything about. And Paul says, not only that, but there has to be a remnant in the early church because this is the book of Romans of which he is writing. God always has a remnant of people. Always has a group of people who love him. A remnant that recognizes the redemptive work of God. This believing remnant is according to grace and not of works. Please look at verse 6. And if by grace are you looking at it, then it's no longer of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. But if it is of works, it is no longer of grace. Otherwise, work is no longer work. Don't you just love that? You're like, I would love it, Rodney, if I knew what he was talking about. (laughs) You know, Paul is a fiery preacher. I love fiery preachers. I mean, I'm not talking about You don't have to have antics and all that. That's okay. But, you know, have some passion about what you're talking about. Somebody once said, put some fire in your sermon or put your sermon in the fire. You feeling me? You understand? Ain't nothing worse than, oh, no. (laughs) If it is upgrade, then it's not up well. We're like. (laughs) 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 And you get the impression in verse 5. Stay with me. You get the impression in verse 5 that Paul. Even so, then at this present time, there's a remnant according to the election of grace. And then Paul just starts to preach, man. He just says, listen, if it's by grace, then it is no longer of works because they can't coexist. Don't you understand that grace and works cannot coexist? They are mutually exclusive. If you listen, are seeking to be accepted by grace, then that is not of works. That's me. Just me. That's me. Okay, that's most of us. Some of y'all trying to get in on works. Well, listen. (laughs) If it is of works, then it is not of grace. These are two diametrically opposed systems. One system is that of works. Merit. And the other system is that of grace. The finished work and they can't coexist. You can't mix a little grace and a little works and think God's going to be accepted with you. And how unfortunate is that we do that in the church today? We think, well, it's God's grace and baptism that makes you saved. Well, it's God's grace and continued faithful membership in our church that makes you saved. We add a little bit of grace and say, well, it's grace and tithing. That's a problem. Or it's grace and wearing nice clothes. It's grace and carrying a really big Bible. It's grace and looking like you're really saved. No. I came from a church. I kid you not. I'm writing this. I'm thinking about this. I came from a church where, it, you know, you had to look like you were really saved. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You had to look it. Man, you had to get the holy face when you come to church. It's like, Wow. How you doing? Praise God. Hallelujah. Wow. I can't even do it now. It's ridiculous. But you, anybody know what I'm talking about? This is to look like you're saved, man. If you just look like you are holy and sanctified, set apart, you just look it. Listen, don't. Here's my point. Don't add anything to grace. You take a note, you write this down. Grace plus zippo, zero, equals salvation. I'll wait. You can clap for the Lord. That's fine. That's okay. And God, listen, God set it up that way. He set it up that way because he knows if we got our hands on this grace thing, on this salvation thing, you brag about it. That's Ephesians 2, for by grace you are saved, by grace you are saved. Don't mix that up with by faith you are saved. You know, we hear a lot of talk about, we hear a lot of talk about, I want you to turn to Ephesians 2, but just make reference to it, okay? About being saved by faith. I hear people say I'm saved by faith. Listen, you are not, oh, I have it on the screen. Praise God. I got a good team back there. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, hey, come on, read it with me. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Listen, for by grace you have been saved through what? Faith. It does not say you've been saved by faith. It says you've been saved by grace. We have to be mindful and careful that we understand that we are saved by grace through faith. Because if you say that you are saved by faith, well, that's a work that you do. And if you're saved by faith, then that means you're going to have to have a whole lot of faith to keep yourself saved. But now if you're saved by grace through believing or faith, well, now that speaks to the fact that God has done the work and he has done the work. And there's nothing you can do to add to it. And God has not given us the authority or the position to handle this whole thing of salvation. Don't you understand? This is for God and God alone. Because He knows that if you got your hands on this whole salvation thing, you'd boast about it. You'd brag about it. You would say, hey, I'm saved and I'm sanctified because I deserve to be, because I'm all that in a bag of chips. And you would boast about it. So God says, I'm going to take away any boasting. And just simply say that you're saved by grace. It is all grace, undeserved, unmerited favor. So Israel, in verse 7 through 11, we just read it. Let's try to wrap it up. So Israel has not obtained what it seeks. You're looking at verse 7. So Israel has not obtained what it seeks. Well, what are they seeking? Final answer, righteousness. Listen, the Greeks sought after wisdom. The Romans sought after power. And the Jews sought after righteousness that was under the law. Israel was trusting in their own righteousness, which is a righteousness of works. When we go to Israel in 2008, we'll stand on the Mount of Olives and we'll look over at the Temple Mount. Give me your attention. You know, the Dome of the Rock, that big gold thing, dome that's there. You realize that's not Christian. That has nothing to do with God. That's the mosque to Caliph Omar. It's the Dome of the Rock Mosque. That's not Christian. And we'll see that as we stand on the Temple Mount. But that structure that is there was there, but put there by the Muslims. What used to be there was the temple, but it was destroyed in A.D. 70. And in A.D. 70, listen, since A.D. 70, there hasn't been any animal sacrifices. So if there's no temple and no animal sacrifices for the atonement of sin then listen, watch this. There's no approach to God. And if there's no approach to God, then there's no righteousness because God said without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So if you remove the temple, you remove the sacrifices. If you remove the sacrifices, you remove any access to God for the Jewish people. So the Jews were seeking their own righteousness and the very thing that they sought after to obtain the elect obtained it because the elect obtained it by faith. Israel is still seeking to establish their own righteousness and choosing to harden their hearts against God. After God repeatedly attempts to reach them, they continue to harden their hearts against God. Well then just about verse eight and nine, Paul quotes three Old Testament scriptures as I gave them to you, Deuteronomy twenty nine four, Isaiah twenty nine ten, Psalm sixty three twenty two and twenty three. And Paul is using these verses to illustrate that Israel was hardened as judgment for their unbelief. Now, listen close. Yes, by and large, listen, their hearts are hardened. But if you fast forward to verse 25, go ahead and look at it. Fast forward to verse 25. Paul says the blindness or the hardness is temporary in verse 25. You're looking at it. Say amen. It's temporary until you see that the fullness of the gentiles when listen i'm trying to be quick when the fullness of the gentile happens the church according to the scriptures you cannot miss this teaching the church according to the scriptures will be raptured when the church is raptured the 7 years of tribulation begin on the earth called the time of Jacob's trouble A time which the world has never seen nor will ever see again. The fullness of the Gentile means that, listen, there is one Gentile. God knows everything. Don't you understand? Say amen. Amen. God knows everything. And God knows the last Gentile on the earth to be saved before the rapture of the church happens. That would be the fullness of the Gentiles. God knows who that person is. Who is to give their life to Christ. And when they do... The rapture will happen because the fullness of the Gentiles will be complete. Perhaps there's one in here today that's never made their life, gave their life to Christ and never became a Christian. And you need to do so. Please do so today because you're holding us up. (laughs) My people, are you holding us up? Are you holding us up? (laughs) You're holding us up, man. So God knows... But when that fullness of the Gentile comes in, that last individual, get out there and share the gospel. Who knows? Maybe they're on your street. I don't know. Then the Jewish people, that blindness will come off their eyes and then they're going to look upon him. Zechariah tells us whom they have pierced and they're going to say, where'd you get those wounds? And Jesus is going to say, I got these wounds in the house of my friends. I came unto my own and my own received them not. Don't you see? (laughs) I want to tell you a lot more, but I can't. Paul says, God has given them a spirit of stupor, eyes that they should not see, ears that they should not hear to this very day, a stumbling block and a recompense to them. And let their eyes be darkened so that they do not see and bow down their backs always. God has given his word to his people. Are you listening? And... They rejected it. They heard the word, but they rejected it. And because they heard the word and rejected it, their hearts became harder and harder and harder. Don't you remember Pharaoh? Same thing. He heard the word of God. He rejected it and his heart became harder and harder and harder. Listen, what was true of Pharaoh, what was true of Israel can be true of you as well. I'd like to remind people. Coming to church is one of the most dangerous things you could ever do. Why, Rodney? Are the sheep that mean? (laughs) No. Coming to church is dangerous because when you hear the word of God, then you're expected to do something with it. You're expected to obey it. And when you reject what you hear by not obeying it, your heart becomes harder and harder and harder and harder, which, by the way, is why I believe America will be judged more severely, probably, than any country on the planet. Because we got more teaching of the word, television, Christian television, CDs, books, big Bibles, study Bibles, youth Bibles, women's Bibles, men's Bibles, ballhead men's Bibles. Don't y'all say amen too loud now. We got all this word, but everybody's still living in sin. Nobody's doing anything with it. And don't you understand that God's going to hold us accountable for that, which we know to whom much is given much. Somebody help me. Much is required. We got to do something with what we know because our hearts will become hard. And this is the danger of just coming to church every Sunday, every Wednesday. It's a wonderful thing. I'm always happy you're here. But please, obey God and do what he tells you to do. Do what he tells you. Go where he tells you to go. If he tells you to go to Ireland, go there. Because God's got great things for his people. He loves you so much. People say, God loves me the way I am. Yeah. And he loves you too much to leave you that way too. <laughs> right.
0: Right.